I believe there's a hero in all of us. You have great powers, only some of which you have yet discovered. I'm a superhero, Mama. A real-life superhero. The world needs extraordinary. We will make you a superhero. Are you ready to become the hero? Initiating surprise in three. This two is one. The Real Brian Show. Oh, boy. Captain Influence and Johnny Pistol Shot are in the studio with me today. We're all together in this cavernous hall with pillars, Jabba's Palace, life-size recreation, and this small desk used to house our microphones. All right, there's so much to talk about with all of the San Diego Comic-Con announcements this week. We're going to be spending quite a bit of time bringing you some of the awesome pop culture stuff that has been, well, announced. Wow. We'll be sharing a few things we're nerding out on this week. And... We want to unleash our superheroes this week in a more serious and challenging way. Spider-Pan shared something, totally throwing him under the bus here because he doesn't even know about this. He shared something, uh, it was an article on Facebook about concealed depression. So we're going to discuss that. Let's rock it. All right, man. Happy Friday. I'm the real Brian. <laughs> I'm a... Captain Influence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. Who's this Yanni guy over here? Didn't, wasn't he like popular in the 80s or something? Dude, <laughs> check out his hair. Uh, you'd like to touch his hair, wouldn't you? Yeah, Bebus? it's like flowing and like luscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this is Johnny Pistol Shot, and I'm as confused as you are. Uh, <laughs> what just whatever, happened? dude. <laughs> what just happened? Beavis happened. Beavis. Oh, does anybody even remember those people? I hope so. My gosh. You know, I think I only ever saw the movie. Really? Well, maybe a couple. I wasn't allowed to watch it. They got me through high school. <laughs> I was not allowed to watch that show. <laughs> they then, set they set the bar for my intellectual. Oh, man. I know. It's like we, we have pursuits. high standards to achieve. So, no, I saw the movie and I just remember the guy saying, I swear I'm going to hog tie you. That guy was bad. He was. Uh, Turned into who, who Hank Hill. Hank Hill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Turned into Hank Hill. But it wasn't Hank Hill in the movie, though. No, it was just no. some old dude with a trailer. Mr. What was his name? Actually, I don't Dang even it. know. There, I don't remember his name. There was a scene, so I think it was, you know, I was flipping through the TV channels once and I saw it on. I wasn't allowed to watch it, but they were tossing a grenade back and forth yeah. and blew up. And then I think it was Butthead that said, that was cool. They, that was cool. And that was the end of the episode, and I thought that was actually kind of funny. You know, I wasn't allowed to watch it. The, <sighs> the thing I really got out of that show when I was in high school was when they watched music videos. That was my favorite thing. What's a music video? You. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they used to have a channel that was dedicated to them. Do they you still remember? do have a channel <laughs> that doesn't do it anymore. I know. Oh, man. MTV and VH1. I don't even know if they're. Well, I know MTV's around, but they just do shows now. Yeah, right. Is VH1 ridiculous. even around anymore? Maybe. I don't know. I have no idea. That's that's what YouTube is for. Right. But nobody makes music videos anymore. I mean, once no, in a I while. No, I think they actually do. Except really? Weird Al and, and his are well, just amazing. Somebody are recently told me that they still make music videos. Yeah. And I was floored by that. I was like, wow. really? Where do they show them? I've seen some music videos that don't have a lot of purpose. Of course, they never really ever they never did. did. Yeah. But I mean, there were at least, there was more put into older <laughs> music videos than there is today, it yeah. seems like. They used to have plots and things like that. Sort of. Yeah. That had nothing to do with the song. No. no. There was a band called Red, by the way. They're still around. They've got a new song out, but 
they used to do amazing music videos. Hmm. I mean, just like, wow, it's like watching an action movie. Hmm. It was well done. I mean, holy cow kind of thing. So I highly recommend that band to check out one, their music and two, their, their music videos. It was cool. But other than that, I can't even think of any. Yeah. I was wondering if like, you know, Grimes or somebody like, I mean, she sounds like she that should have a music cool. video. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'd like to see a Grimes music video. Yeah. yeah. I've got some new music I got to share later, by the way. It's so neat how we have time with this huge studio space. You're able to something you have with your microphones or whatever. You cut out all the echoing that. Yeah, because it's like so echoey in here and you don't hear it. I know it's amazing. That's awesome. It's one of those things like if you've seen Shazam and you know the villain, they're up in the air and they're about a mile apart and the villain, Dr. Savannah's doing this awesome villain speech. You know, I will come down on you and kill you and they're so far away that Billy Batson can't even hear him. Do you remember that scene? <laughs> sort of. Sort of. I, I kind of blocked something? out a lot of that movie. I, I can't even hear you. And he's like, I'm going much. to crush you. It's just like, it's <laughs> awesome. Uh, we rewatched that again, actually with an attack that was on the show and miss light, of course. And she loved it. And I was like, I just, it was such a great movie. Of course mm-hmm. I've been reading the comics. So it's like, you know, six, I think six issues in now mm-hmm. waiting on the seventh, seventh. It's the seventh or the eighth that I'm waiting on. And it's so good. I mean, the comics lay out so much that having read at least one through six and then going back and rewatching the movie, I'm like, totally makes sense now. Okay. Everybody badmouthed it because they didn't understand where they were going with the story and which is somewhat the fault of direction and editing Mm. because they didn't explain it well enough in the movie, even though like the movie was well done. It's just, they had a lot of little Easter eggs that if you didn't know what was going on. Yeah. Well, no wonder you're like, what the heck is that all about? (laughs) What's with this freaking chicken looking at me all the time? He's staring right at you, dude. Every time That's, I have a guest in the studio, he just stares at people. Like he's looking right at me. I'm talking to Caffeinatrix right now. Yeah. She broke my headphones. <laughs> she did, didn't she? <laughs> she swears. She's like, I I didn't break them. They were like this. I'm like, well, you were the only one wearing them. Everyone's like, is he going to do butthead the entire episode? No, yeah, I'm no, not. No. I'll stop now, actually. But she did break those headphones you're wearing. Yeah, they still yeah. work. Yeah, that's good. No harm, no foul. But yes, the freaking chicken on his perch overlooking the cavernous studio. Now, Johnny Pistol Shot has a lot more history with the freaking chicken. Oh, yeah. The freaking chicken's been around since our college days and used to fly on the fan. Yeah, I used to hang it upside down from the ceiling fan and turn it on and this chicken flew. It was amazing. It was awesome. He's been around for a while, man. Wow. He's an old chicken. Old school chicken. That's right. All right. So welcome to Colorado. Yeah. It's nice to actually have you here. Yeah. And you know, the flight over, it's the first flight and I don't know why this is the first flight because I've taken many flights over the last, well, most of my life, but this is the first flight that I've actually really noticed how tight the seats are. Really? Yeah. What airline? United. Interesting. Yeah. And, and, uh, me and this, there's this big black guy sat next to me. He was really cool. He was, he was chatting with me about, uh, he does overseas contract work. I didn't get what type of contract work. We didn't talk a lot, but, but he (laughs) flies overseas a lot. Those kind of contracts. I don't think so. He was a really, he was a really big guy. And he was telling me about how a lot of the airlines overseas, their basic economy Mm -hmm. is more like our business class. Oh yeah. And then their business class is like our first class or better. And then their first class is like out of this world. They're sweets, man. And he was specifically talking like Emirates uh, airlines, which uh, of course everyone Emirates airlines is going to be nice because it's, you know, it's pretty expensive to fly them. 
But man, they really cram people into those little planes nowadays. Yes, Holy cow. Man. Were you on a puddle jumper or a, like a 737? Uh, or what? A small two engine jet. Well, most of the Marty. So days. they had four seats across two on each side. Oh yeah. So you were on, yeah, you were on a commuter. Yeah. The regional jet. Sure. But yep. it wasn't like a, I, I, I consider puddle jumpers like the little, like the, almost like a prop jet. Or well, so the, <laughs> the irony about these is that these Canada air regional jets that they fly mm-hmm. were business jets. They were corporate jets that they just turned in because they were fuel efficient. They're really good planes. Actually. They don't look like that type of, they don't look like your typical, what we would remember as a Lear jet. Well, or even they a, are the bigger Lear jets. Okay. But still, I mean, it's two on each side is a small plane. Yeah. Versus like a 737 oh, yeah, is going to yeah. be three on each side at least. So yeah, I, uh, I, and I'm with you, man. They, but they it's the first time in. I've actually, I mean, I'm not, I'm a big guy, but I'm not that big. And, yeah. and you know, I've, I've never before had trouble actually. And I didn't have a lot of trouble this time either, but I noticed it. I was like, you had to kind of squeeze down into your seat a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, what last time I flew in December or even no more recent than that uh, in March or something was not, it wasn't like that. And it was a fairly small plane, so yeah. I don't know. You know, I, for the first time ever, decided to pay for an upgrade when I went out to Vegas for the conference. Mm-hmm. And I've, I don't even know. It was probably like 30 or $40 each way, which is a lot of money. Eh. Uh, you know, I mean, well, hold on. So you think it is, right? I think, man, 40 bucks each way, 50 bucks each way. That's ridiculous. I shouldn't have to pay. <laughs> my, that's a lot of money, man. Well, here's the thing. I said, I'm doing this because last year I flew out there and, you know, I'm in Vegas. You're walking a lot of miles. And I was stiff for the first day and a half. Uh, had some, you know, back, you know, because of the back issues and stuff. Mm-hmm. Too freaking tall, right? So this time I said, I'm paying for the upgrade. I'm going to sit where I want. And I had plenty of leg room. I could stretch out. I could sleep. It was great. No pain whatsoever. I was, I hit the ground running, man. I was great. I mean, <laughs> is $50 worth my health? Heck yes. It yes, is. absolutely. It is. Yeah. I'll pay it. I don't care. I've never flown first class in my life. Oh, it wasn't first class. Or even business class. It was just uh, economy plus. Oh, okay. So all it was was same seats, but more legroom. Oh, okay. That was it. Huh? No, I, I first class, dude, the only time I've ever flown that was my granddad. I, you know, that right. passed away. Yeah, he yep. worked for American and we used yep. to get passes and they would bump us to first all the time because usually they had seats in first and not in coach. So we'd fly first class for, you know, almost nothing. It was awesome. No fair. Dude, so, so nice. But, you know, this was, you got to understand that when I was a kid, they were serving meals in first class. Yeah. Nowadays, yep. it's, they don't do that. But you're lots right. of drinks. With Emirates, holy cow. I've actually <laughs> seen videos because uh, I'm kind of a nerd. I, well, you know, I nerd out about a lot of things. You're kind of a nerd, right? Yeah. I just nerd out. But I was watching videos of these guys who travel on these flights and they were flying this, uh, it was an Airbus A380, which is their double decker. And they were flying the first class on Emirates and it's a freaking suite. It's wow. a completely closed private door. You walk inside. It's got a couch and which turns into a bed and then it's got their actual seat. And I mean, it's amazing, right? Sounds like Air Force One. It's incredible. And then you'd walk out and you've got a whole like first class bathroom, which is actually normal sized. With a shower? It does. It actually has a shower. (laughs) Wouldn't you love to be taking a shower and have turbulence hit? (laughs) That's the thing. Like they've they've talked about this and they said, you know, taking a shower on a flight, regardless of how cool it is, it's just not really practical. But, uh, you know, they they come in and they make the bed for you and you go to sleep and they serve you like seven course meals. I mean, it's top notch stuff. Wow. You're going to pay for that, though. Oh, heck yeah. You go into business class or some of the lower ones, you're still flying pretty nice on Emirates. But Emirates doesn't come, you know, into they're Colorado. not everywhere. Yeah. Well, they I think they were in Vegas. I did see one. Yeah, I bet they're in Vegas. We need to go on an Emirates flight. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, okay. that'd be fun. All right.
I'm with you though. Stop cramming us in. Let's move on. Let's move on. <laughs> All right. I've been thinking about this. I just have a little random story I wanted to share because some of you are familiar with this show that I used to host called profit cast hosted it from 2014 to 2016 ended it on episode. I think it was 110. didn't have anything else to say. And there were some other reasons why I ended it. Actually, I felt like I was hearing stuff that people were saying, Hey, this worked for me, you know, well, yeah, it worked in 2010, but 2016, not quite so much anymore. And a part of me is like, has been for a while going, I kind of want to bring this show back because I want to know what's working today, Hmm. 2019, what's going to work in 2020. Not, you know, if somebody gets on and says, get on iTunes new and noteworthy, I'm going to boot them off immediately. Like you guys don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I'm looking for things that work today. And uh, so I I have have some ideas with this and I'm actually very seriously in the process of bringing this show back and thinking about maybe, you know, maybe it's a limited run. Maybe I do 20 episodes. Maybe it's an ongoing thing. I don't know. Um, but it's all about what works today. We bring on some interviews. We dig freaking deep this time. Mindset strategies, like get to the point and uh, then do experiments. Maybe bring together a group of other podcasters where we can experiment on these things and see what works. And I don't know. It's just kind of a, so, you know, the reason I'm bringing this up one is because I know there are some former profit cast listeners that listen to the, this show. Hmm. So if you are one of those, contact me. I have some, I have some thoughts to share with you. I think it'd be a good resource. Yeah. I think it'd be a lot of fun too. Yeah. It'd be great for anybody really for any of us that do shows and stuff, but it's a, it's a little thing I'm thinking about. I'm doing more than thinking about it. Dream on <laughs> you dreamer. That's right. <laughs> All right. So what are you nerding out on right now, Johnny? Yanni Pistola. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I've been too busy to catch up with like the comic con stuff that's been going on or, and I don't watch TV. I got you covered on that. So my things I've been nerding out on are because it's summer, I've been doing my flowers mm-hmm. and horticulture stuff and, uh, grilling outside because it's been very hot and I don't want to heat up my house. Ah, so I've been point. grilling weird things and trying new grilling things weird things. What are we having for dinner tonight? Do tell. What's the weirdest thing you've grilled this? Well, summer? I've tried artichokes. Oh. I've been grilling oh, artichokes and they're quite good. Um, yeah. And I thought you were going to say squirrel beets. Yeah. I grilled oh, beets nice. and made them into just basically a hamburger replacement. And it was really, that's a good idea. Good. Wow. Um, it's like beet loaf. So instead of portobello mushrooms for yeah, burgers, you used beets. I just used this big sliced beet that I had pre cooked, uh, kind of like you do in the microwave with a, uh, with a potato or something like that. You poke it and was it marinated or anything like that? No, no. It you was just, just a beet that you used a, for a patty. I just used the beet as a patty. You just brushed it? it with some butter and seasoned it with mm. salt and pepper, oh. just like a hamburger. You bit into it. I, I put, I put a little balsamic vinegar on it after it was yeah, done okay. and amazing. So it I'll was just really good. This guy's a good cook, by the way. Yeah. Really? I, I, yeah. I tried to teach you to cook in college and you didn't try. You succeeded. We worked at it. I'm good so. at it. <laughs> really oh yeah. oh yeah he was your you were his padawan was that well i knew bit. some basic he stuff, taught me but, some stuff yeah. like you taught me fried rice and yeah it was an old it, japanese I, recipe i taught you fajitas and meatballs well so. the fajitas was an accident yeah you taught me the meatballs dude those are amazing meatballs never had yeah. one like it huh. the spaghetti we we seasoned once i remember we were going crazy and that was our penicillin yeah. spaghetti we called it because <laughs> it was like it's a the greatest accident ever kind of thing yeah <laughs> and it's so good and then i can't even eat tomato sauce for the most part anymore because, because of penicillin, penicillin spaghetti because yeah. it's so good. Yeah. And wow. then the fajitas were, 
Yeah, you you did teach me the fajitas because those we just called famous fajitas and I've passed that on. I've I've shared it with other people and cooked it for others and people are everyone. You know, what's funny is when you start putting on the spicing and the, the chicken gets blacker and blacker and everyone starts their eyes get wider and uh-huh. please no stop stop <laughs> stop. I'm like, no, trust me. It's okay. It's okay. It's not hot. It's flavorful. Just trust me. And they love it. Yep. Yeah. And then you drench it in cheese. So the takeaway uh, from this little bit is grilled beets in place uh, of hamburger patties. You works. Know what? Sarah's going to have to try that one now yeah. because she's because who you know, she's a veggie. Yep. And who would have thunk? I would never have thought of that. I've heard of beet loaf and I'm actually not kidding about that. Yeah. I've so, had yeah. beet fries. Oh, those are good. Yeah. Actually. They're really yeah. good. Yeah. French fried beets. Oh man. If you like beets, that is some people absolutely hate them. I think they're fantastic. Yeah, they, I don't, I'm, I'm don't have an opinion about beets, but beet fries were quite good. Yeah. So the, keep well, that in mind. The biggest thing is you might want to wear a pair of gloves cause they will stain your hands. Oh yeah. Blue, oh, bright blue. As soon yeah. as you wash them, the soap has a chemical reaction with the beet juice and turns it blue and your hands will be stained blue for a good three or four days. If Most you're not wearing rubber gloves, many, so. many Russian babushkas have yeah. blue stained hands from beets <laughs> making start, borscht. You start to look like mystique. Indeed. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Good food. I'll, I, so. I, you know, I love it. I, I love hearing of your culinary exploits. Yes. That is actually <laughs> what I was looking for. That is, I mean, really, it's, it's amazing because I keep, in fact, I've still got one of your cookbooks and, you know, the cranberry salsa that your yep. family recipe came from. And we use that every Christmas. It's amazing. I really need to get the recipe for this the penicillin yeah. and spaghetti. Come on, you got to yeah. have it, right? I don't have right measurements. That's the problem. I see. I cook without using oh, okay. me too. recipes. That's okay, but, part, but you have so. what you put in it, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can tell you. Well, he Post can give you that. the meatballs and I can tell you what I put in it, but it literally is based on taste and smell. Okay. Yeah. So I can't, you can't measure it with. That's okay. I'm good at, yeah. I'm good at, yeah. at just fudging it with the spices and stuff as well. So if it's something I'm going to bake, then it probably has a recipe, but right. yeah, for sure. Whatever has to cooking. It's just taste. taste and smell, and yeah. that's what my well, dad I think too. we should post yeah. your general penicillin. Spaghetti we can say here's what's in it. Recipe on, on the show town. notes. One of the things we do is you got to start with some good stock tomato sauce, unless you really want to go from scratch, which is just way too much work. Right. But we used to add in Roma tomatoes, cut them up, add them in that. Add, Cause here's the thing. I can't stand that tomato paste. Right, right, right. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. yeah. And anything that has a tomato pasty flavor to me, that just ruins the sauce. Right. So you want more of the actual real tomato flavor. Yeah. And so you get that good stock. You add the tomatoes. And of course, as you add tomatoes, you got to add some salt because they remember you telling me that they kind of soak the salt up. But there's a lot of other spices that go in there. We use fresh garlic and it's all kinds of things. I am excited to get home and try it. Mm. And actually, you know what I like more nowadays? Because we used to use, you know, typical wheat angel hair pasta. But the uh, Tinyaki, I believe, is the name of the brand. Tinyaki? I don't know. Um, anyway, look it up if you can find it. But they have rice. It's brown rice noodles. And, oh. I mean, <laughs> some people love them al dente, which means a little crunchier. Mm-hmm. I like them like 30 minutes mush kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I just like them soft. I've been using the zucchini noodles. Zoodles. Those are really good too. Yep. If you like them. Yeah. Yep. I've got a zoodle maker. I'm yep. not a big zucchini noodle person, but it's good though. But no, the rice noodles are amazing. And actually bean sprout noodles hmm. are fantastic. They're clear and actually Thai restaurants will use oh, right. that a lot, but they soak the flavor up. They're really, really good. Huh. I so, just thought those were rice noodles. Well, it, it could be, but they're specifically bean sprout noodles. 
Anyway, interesting. Black bean noodles, eh, not so much. Huh. I don't know. Try the rice ones. They're good. Okay. Yeah, it is good stuff. That was informative. Thank you for nerding out with us. Yes. I appreciate so it. Nerding out on grilling. So I'm going to say this quickly because your story is longer. Wait, um, which story is that? I don't know. Whatever you're nerding out <laughs> on right now. but <laughs> I think it's I'm nerding out on what you guys are nerding out on. So go ahead. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm just excited about, and I'm not rushing summer, by the way, but I'm excited about the college sports stuff, you know, mm-hmm. CSU sports. They start the end of August. It's like, oh, volleyball's coming, but I'm like, I'm not ready for end of August yet. So it's one of those, I'm excited, but take the time kind of thing. But yeah, we're, we're doing volleyball and basketball, which kind of goes through March typically, but fun times coming. They're already starting to gear up and have some excitement towards it. And then um, we're going to an escape room tomorrow night. Yes. I believe there's one ticket left. Our gang. Is there really? Yeah. They said we're trying to find the, 10th slot and oh. John already bought it. So I was like, Oh yeah, someone needs to, someone might want to go. It's a 90 minute space themed one, sci-fi one. And so by the way, it's a two parter. So it's 180 minutes, but the it's 90 minutes. We're only minutes doing each. the first part. Yeah. That's yeah. all we can. And there's not a lot about it. I was actually wondering it is something about like you and your crew journey through the stars to find the distressed starship Margo. Ah. And then you get through it and it's only a 20% success rate right now. So wow. We're going to have to increase that one. The last, the last sci-fi one we did, uh, in December, I think it was, was pretty good where we did oh, yeah. that mining, that mining drill thing. And that was a lot of fun. That was really good. The one I remember is when you're on a ship. I think this was last year. That was Yeah. Last year we would did a one where we were on a ship and they had alien containment yeah, and, and somebody had to do an entrapment thing through the lasers, which was really, awesome. that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, that was one of the best ones yeah. we've done. This one apparently is that much bigger and it's pretty hard. Okay. So well, I'm, I'm excited. We'll, we'll have to report back on it next week. Brian and I will be kind of puttering around while the engineers in the group do all the problems. Are you solving. kidding? We notice <laughs> things they don't notice. They just Sometimes, figure out Sometimes, yeah. They're good at solutions. And yeah, but, I, but I'm okay with just kind of being there and watching them do their magic. Oh, and, it is cool. And uh, I'm just not as quick as they are. So, yeah. No, well, they figure things out. I would never know how to figure out. But they truthfully. do it really fast. Yeah. Like we before, really, I mean, I'd figure it out eventually in, in many cases, but they've already figured it out 10 steps ahead of me. So we go with the right group. In fact, it's funny. A lot yeah. of people ask me, have you ever done an escape room? And I say, oh yeah, so much fun, like mm. so much fun. But a lot of times people will go with four people, which in my opinion is not enough, not enough. And they'll usually go, they're all like-minded. And so in fact, we were talking mm. to some people that were all a bunch of extroverts and just happy go lucky creative types mm-hmm. and man, they, they don't win anything. Right. And I'm like, yeah, because the creative types notice part of it. They see part of it, but you need the engineer types you and need the, the intellectuals to also be there. You got to have a well-rounded group to win these things. Yeah. yeah and that's and what we have. have. That. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> totally. And it's so fun. Yeah. We've never, we've never failed. I don't think, yeah, we've never failed a, a escape room and we've done probably a dozen close. Yeah. Close I to I was that. thinking somewhere in there. Yeah. Yeah. So over the years. Yep. We do them whenever you come out. It's funny. Yeah. So it's usually a couple times yeah. a year. And you know, they're 20 to 30, well, 25 to 35, I think is what they are. So they're not cheap in the sense of like, you don't want to do them all the time. Yeah. Per person, but they're fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. Yeah. All right. So what are you nerding out on? This is, and I'm sorry for introducing it to you. A couple episodes ago, we talked about Matt or was it last episode? We talked about mass mass effect Andromeda. Okay. So I picked it up and holy addiction cow. Yeah, You're not kidding. Uh That's an addictive game, especially if you haven't played the other ones, uh, even if you have, maybe uh, I haven't, but I, I didn't have any, you know, like you, I didn't have any uh, preconceived notions yeah. and boy, there's a lot to do in that game. And it's just a really fun game The some of the voice acting is, is a little campy, 
I mean, they could have done like there's a there's a <laughs> I know who you're talking about. Yeah, some some of the alien voice acting <laughs> yeah. is just like, why'd you pick that guy to voice he, that? He talks character? like this or something like yeah, that. Yeah, there's a there's yeah. a shark that talks like that. There's a yeah. shark character that talks yeah. like that. And then the aliens yeah. from Australia. That was I don't understand oh, yeah. that though. That was they've got these Australian accents, but you actually <laughs> just meet these aliens for the first time, and then they talk about yeah, when I was in school in Australia, and I'm like. Wait a minute. You were on earth. I just met you. What's going on here? Maybe there's something I don't know about. Yeah, but boy, like the ice planet Veld, Vold, Vold. Yeah. Wow. That's a fun planet. It's Hoth. Holy cow. It's, yeah. I, I'm not going to go nuts about it because we already talked about it last week, but, but that's what good, I'm addicted to right now. Such so. good sci-fi backing. Oh my gosh. Everything yeah. too, like yeah. grounded in real science uh, with enough flavor of sci-fi to keep things magical yeah it's yeah. and there's so much so. to do in that game it's just you you never yeah. it's like what another quest i yeah. i still have this <laughs> this list of 20 i gotta do so it's just there's always something to do and yeah well yeah. and there's such a great gameplay to it too so it's yeah. not like you're just running around you know first person shooting things you know there's exploration and there's oh yeah there's resources to figure out yeah, yeah there's resource guy you drive a awesome freaking six-wheeled vehicle yeah. that's just amazing it's incredible. You fly he, a starship. The starship I talked about last week. It's amazing. And each planet has its own, you know, hazards where you have yeah. to, you have to manage those hazards and different stuff. aliens yeah, and a lot of fun. So that's what really I'm nerding out about. That's yeah. what I'm nerding out about. Yeah, I appreciate it. It's honestly one of the better games I've ever played. And in yep. fact, lately it's one of the best. Yeah, we talked about how amazing alien isolation was, but finding this was just like, you know, I've never played the mass. Well, I started with the first mass effect game many, many, many years ago on Xbox and the thing that killed it for me was that I spent the first four hours of gameplay talking to people uh, and I just thought when is this going to go anywhere well now I've learned that with Mass Effect there is a lot of talking you don't have to talk to everybody right but yeah. you are you're able that's I think that's the cool part you can immerse as much as you want or as little as you want right and I thought I had to do it all and so it was becoming like tedious and so i just stopped playing it. Uh, now that i know the way that it works i would love to go back and they're all available on origin yeah every one of them it'd be fun to go back 30 bucks play. a year you can play them all it's incredible but yeah mass infect andromeda i'm loving it i know it didn't get as high of ratings if you went through the original three but who cares yeah i, I think it's great mm-hmm. yeah the well, story is incredible what oh do the gosh. critics know yeah critics I, i'm kind of over critics <laughs> really you know they're the reason why it took me so long to pick it up and so yeah. And they were wrong, obviously. Yeah, right. At least in your opinion. Exactly. In my opinion, too. And Johnny's opinion. And we are all that matters. To us. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say in general, but hey. So I mentioned at the beginning of the show that we were wanting to be a little bit more serious and challenging in our unleashing of the superhero moment. Because, like I said, Spider-Pan, who does Neverland podcast, brought something up on his Facebook page. And it's about concealed depression. This is an interesting thing, though, because I've actually been seeing quite a few people post things like this. It's the, wow, there are people with depression and you don't know it kind of thing. I'm seeing that all over the place. And I'm going, okay, good. Finally, somebody's talking about this because you hear it. I mean, the whole 13 reasons why was, I mean, it was more centered around abuse, but it was talking about the cries for help, whether it's depression or something else and how it wasn't noticed. And so she committed suicide. And oh my gosh, it's this horrible you know, tragic thing. And so I'm like, just cycle. Yeah. People are talking about it. It's been going on for ever. I mean, this isn't anything new. No, of course not. So this was an interesting article. It's basically from the awareness act website. And it's talking about 15 habits of people with concealed depression. And the face on the front is sadly Robin Williams. Right. 
and you were asking me this even, you know, off show and everything is, okay, well, what's the point of us bringing this up? So <laughs> I want to go through the article, but the point is, as, as you're listening to this, as you're thinking through this, is that we need to be aware of this. We need to recognize it and we need to be available for people that deal with this. Right. That's the superhero that we're trying to unleash here because most people, sadly, but this is very common, is one, you don't even notice it because you're oblivious. Two, you see it, but you don't know what to say so or, or do, so you just don't do anything at all, which is one of the worst things you can do. And three, I don't want to deal with that. I'm too busy. Mm-hmm. Whatever, you know. But I would say most of the time, depressed people are typically alone. Or maybe, have a perception of loneliness. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's definitely a lot of perceptions when it comes to depression, for sure. But I think a lot of them are actually alone because people kind of abandon them. Like, I don't want to be around that. Yeah. So, but I understand too. It's interesting. I was having a conversation with some people from a business standpoint, and they were saying that people are attracted to winners, to success, to you know, happiness to joy to things that make them feel better because everybody has something they don't feel good about. So if I listen to your show because it makes me feel better, then I'm going to listen to it and I'm excited. If I listen to your show and it doesn't make me feel better, then I'm going to go somewhere else, right? Yeah. Or if I'm hanging out with somebody that makes me feel better, I definitely want to be around that person. But if I'm hanging out with somebody that doesn't, I'm going to walk away. Right. So that's a natural human tendency. But we can, you know, we're superheroes. We go beyond that. Villains and sidekicks, you know, listen to their impulses. So just saying. (laughs) All right. The first ones here are they are often quite talented and very expressive. Now, some of these will relate and some of these won't, you know, so you may be somebody who deals with depression and you may not. You may know some people. I'm sure every one of us, if we don't deal with it, at least knows of someone that does or has or have dealt with it in the past with ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Depending on how old you are. It's very human. Yeah. So quite talented and expressive. So a lot of famous people, for example, will struggle with this kind of thing. Hence the Robin Williams scenario. For example, they'll talk about like their, their form of greatness comes from this level of depression. Hmm. You'll see their struggles reflected in their works if you're looking for it. So it's kind of interesting. Hmm. Number two is they, these people tend to search for purpose. I mean, we all do. Everybody does, but apparently these people really like they get deep into it, like almost to a level of inadequacy and anxiety, like, what's my purpose here? What am I supposed to do? Why, why am I even here in this world right now? I can see that for sure. In fact, I was thinking about that people that are either without purpose or seeking purpose rather than I know my purpose is. I think people without purpose or people that are seeking tend to have significantly higher amounts of anxiety, if not depression Hmm. because they don't know what they're supposed to do. So which just makes you anxious or, well, I don't know. I don't know why I'm here. So, I mean, that's a, that's a big one actually. And I think too, our world contributes in bad ways to that, you know? Right. We've that talked, makes sense. you know, the whole Renaissance man, Renaissance nerd thing we've joked about. What if we have a lot of purposes? What if we have a lot of interests and talents? Well, our world says you should only have one. <laughs> so yeah. that's a problem. Um, number three is sometimes they make muted cries for help. I personally relate to this one. You know, I didn't want anybody to really know that I was dealing with it years ago, but I was asking for help, but nobody was listening. Yeah. Well, maybe, you know, Sarah and a couple other people, but most people weren't. So interesting. And I liked this one too, is because I would say most of the time you'll never notice when they're making muted cries for help. If you're not paying attention, if you're watching and you're paying attention, you'll see it. Right. And most of us, I don't think are paying attention because it doesn't make us comfortable to pay attention to that. I mean, we have our own issues and to try and, unless you truly care about it, uh, someone 
who's dealing with that sort of thing, you want to, you don't want to look for that in others yeah, because it's just one more thing for you to worry about. Exactly. So I, that makes sense. Yeah. I'm already, you know, busy enough and have a hard enough life. I don't want to deal with that too. Right. It's true. Um, number four is they interpret substances differently. And this one was actually very interesting to me. So, you know, you, you think of, oh, well, alcohol, drugs, whatever, right? Whatever your favorite addiction is. But they're even talking about caffeine and sugar. So right. people that just get jacked up on coffee, for example. Or comfort food or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I mean, something so simple, you know, everyday kind of thing. People, anyway, that, yeah. was, a, that was an interesting one. Number five, they often have a very involved perception of life and death. So they might face their own mortality in moments of despair and seek answers to life's deepest questions. And then they can tend to shift from one bad mindset to another bad mindset. Not always. And then there's, this is where the suicidal thoughts can come in. Right. But this is something they mention. Number six, they have strange eating habits. So for example, they may not be able to eat much at all when they're at their worst or they may eat more. I mean, more than anything else, it's not even a matter of what it is per se. It's a matter of, noticing those eating habits, I think uh, more than yeah. anything else. Cause it varies. Number seven is they have abnormal sleeping habits. I've heard this and I, I start to wonder, you know, some people will say, well, if you're a night owl, you're, you tend to be more depressed. I don't entirely yeah. agree with that. You know, I think that that's the abnormal sleeping habits that people talk about. But for example, what they're saying is people with depression and we know this, yeah, they'll tend to sleep for what seems like, or may literally be days. Okay. And that is definitely a pretty big sign of depression. Being a night owl, I don't think necessarily. No, is. not necessarily at so, all. So yeah, but yeah, I mean, I get it. Like they're they're dealing with a state of helplessness, so they just want to sleep. I don't want to deal with it, so I'll just sleep. I know somebody like that. Yeah, we do too. Yeah. Number eight, they have abandonment issues. Usually, some level of it, whether it's extremely devastating or something that's even a little bit more mild, they have this. They may become a little bit more secretive about their feelings creates fear of trust of course because they've been abandoned so that's a pretty common one i would say nine is they are professionals at coming up with cover-up stories <laughs> i see uh, that a lot yeah that, okay yeah. yeah that's that's also the same person i know go ahead okay interesting <laughs> number 10 they might have habitual remedies so could be i mean honestly it could be good things like exercise listening to music walking and so forth however even I've been advised in the past that going and getting exercise is a really, really good way to take you out of depression or even something as you know, minimal as I've had a discouraging day, right? I'm not depressed, but I need to just go switch my mind. So maybe listening to music is a good thing. In fact, music actually does cheer me up mm-hmm. or kind of help me to recenter and going and exercises exhausts. We talked about this on the show yeah. when I said that I was exhausted mentally and physically but I was filled up emotionally. Right. Yep. When I exercise, I get exhausted mentally and physically, but not emotionally. Right. And when you're depressed, you're exhausted emotionally. Yep. So that makes sense. Yep. I think exercise is a good thing. Oh, undeniably. But, there's, there's no argument against that at yeah, all, but it might be a sign as to like this person. Maybe they're a little obsessed with exercising, for example, or maybe they don't ever go anywhere without their headphones or their, you know, right. Earbuds or whatever the heck you call them nowadays. <laughs> what are those? iPod. What are those? those the, the, the Apple. Kids new, your your ear, earbud. <laughs> <laughs> I had to throw it up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, let's see. 11 is they are always making efforts to seem happy. I've seen this a lot. 
So they have a lot of the fake moods. They seem, you know, really happy on the outside because, you know, they don't want to bring anyone else down. So you just, you know, they hide it. That sounds like, well, see, I was about to say that sounds like Robin Williams, but we, none of us really know what he was like no. off camera or whatnot. He seemed no. like such a happy person. Of course he did on the outside. to his family, was he a yeah. happy person? I don't know. You know, I re- there was an episode of, what was it? Comedians in Cars Having Coffee. Yeah. Really, really good episode with, it was Jerry Seinfeld. I don't know who the other guy was, but they were talking it's about. It's always Jerry Seinfeld. Exactly. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that. They had one of the comedians was on and they were talking about that. They were talking about how most comedians, the reason they have comedy is because they're sort of covering up the stuff they go through, the negativity they go through, whether it's anger, depression, whatever, this is their way of one coping with it and two creating good material. Okay. And they were saying that most comedians truly do have tough lives and deal with a lot of emotional stuff. And I thought it was a good episode. I don't know how true that is, but it was coming from both of them. And if they're saying it, it's very likely that there's a pretty strong level of truth there. Right. So, yeah, I would say that, you know, Robin Williams, you look at him and you're just like, oh, it's sad because, you know, he probably dealt with it a lot. Yeah, that's definitely. I mean, I'm undergoing treatment for depression. I've mentioned that before, but uh, that's one of my things is I cover up my depression with humor a lot. And You mentioned the isolation thing. I tend to isolate myself when I'm getting extremely depressed because before I was going through any treatment or anything, I did not want to bring anyone else down. So I purposely would pull myself out of every social situation I could just to avoid other people and Mm -hmm. not have to put that mask on. Exactly. I could just be myself Mm -hmm. for a while instead of having to put that humor mask on or whatever. So I'm not freaking out as I'm in public yeah. and that sort yeah. of thing. Okay. And so that would reduce my anxiety and sort of thing. So yeah, a lot of this, yeah, can go one way or the, I see some of those and I don't see others in myself and yeah. other people. So I don't think most people have every no, one of these. No, no. Yeah. It's hit and miss. And if somebody has these things, they may not be depressed too. It might just be that that's their personality. So it's, yeah, it's hit and miss and you gotta gotta know the person first and see the changes i think would be the big thing yeah these conditions are more guidelines to to that that you can think oh well you know my sister has this this and this then i've always wondered if she was actually kind of depressed and maybe i should talk to her about it or something like that yeah you know you're right about that because even i'm always making efforts to seem happy too Mm-hmm. and it's not because I'm depressed. It's not because I'm unhappy necessarily. It's just mm-hmm. because I want to be happy. So I'm trying to manifest it, you yeah. know, as well. Yeah. So it's like me putting it into practice so that it becomes a habit. In most ways, I think that's a good thing. Exactly. Yeah. So this may not be a sign for that, and it could too. You know, this other one here is they seek love and acceptance. That's number 12, and I, I think everybody does that. Right. But I don't know. I think that there's levels of this and we've, I mean, I've talked about this a lot too, that it's like, you know, I, I, of course I want to be recognized and I want to be, you know, accepted. And, but I think again, everybody does this. This is one of those that I go, I don't know if this is necessarily like, maybe they just threw that in there to fill up another point. Maybe. I mean, <laughs> yeah, maybe it does. That is a little too general. Uh, everybody's looking for that. So I think that if anybody is seeking love and acceptance in an unhealthy manner or to an obsessed level and goes on social media, and come, becomes addicted to social media, then mm-hmm. you're going to become depressed. I mean, that's yeah. just <laughs> so, 
Yep. I don't know. 13, they have trouble shutting off their brains. This is an interesting one. That, yeah. I have trouble shutting off my brain. Uh. I think that's the creative side of me. I don't necessarily think that causes depression. Do you? Or does it? <laughs> I don't know, but I know it like it affects my sleep, which then yeah. affects my depression because I'm tired and negative the next day. So, yeah. I don't know. Sleep makes or breaks your your brain. It can screw you up so yeah much. there's definitely yeah. a balance with sleep yeah. totally yeah. too much too much is a bad thing and too yeah. little is a bad thing so well yeah think about it that when you're not well slept your defenses are down period mm-hmm. so yeah. you're susceptible to anything physically mentally spiritually emotionally right. whatever right, right. Mm-hmm. okay i mean this was an interesting one to me because this is what they say these people process everything going on in their lives at a very fast speed which I very much do. I mean, in fact, I've always said I, have, I can have multiple songs going on at the same time in my head and like just thoughts out of control thoughts constantly, but that's the creative in me. I know that that's why listening to music actually helps me to focus on one thing and that's the song. So it's good. But then they'll go on to say that they overanalyze the good and the bad, making everything impact them much deeper. Totally agree with that. Yeah. That's the thing. When you start to take any thought and go down a path that's not healthy, and you continue to go down that path, you will be affected in a very, very bad way. Right. One way or the other. And another thing about depression, I think we've talked about this. We probably in the past mentioned this on the show. I feel like it's, it's, it's familiar, but that, I mean, a lot of people who don't know why people get depressed or what that really is. It's totally irrational. Oh yeah. It is a, it is a legitimate mental what, what would you call it? A mental uh, manifestation. Yeah. It's, it's purely in your head and, yeah, and it's, it's very rational. Yeah. And I know that my, you know, my wife has, has uh, dealt with chronic depression most of her life and she's taken medication for it most of her life, not because her life sucks or anything. It's just, there's, there's a little bit of a twitch in her brain yeah. from a very young age that yeah. she can't control and it, it affects how she perceives things. And I've even dealt with that. Like it, like I'll have days that are really stressful at work and I'll just like, suddenly my brain will go down a path like, Oh my God, this is just unbearable. I can't deal with this anymore. Yeah. How am I going to get through this yeah. to do list and yada, yada. And then the next day I'm like, why was I thinking like that? Yeah. Cause it's so irrational. I'll get through this. Yeah. I always do. Yeah. So there's a huge irrational component to it. You can turn the most positive statement towards you into something bad, just like that. Yes. Yeah. It is completely irrational and yeah. you won't realize it. And, so. <laughs> and knowing that it's irrational isn't isn't necessarily a helpful thing to people who are suffering no. from depression. <laughs> no, no, not at all. But I think it's good to know because if I were, yeah. I would be bold enough to say that anything that causes depression is a lie. Anything. Uh, the Holocaust wasn't a lie. But whether <laughs> they were depressed or not, I, I don't know. Were they I depressed would, or not? You I could, would be. No, because the people that survived weren't. Amazingly. Yes, because they had, they saw the worst of humanity. They chose something. And they they chose to fight back too, to make the world a different place. Yeah. A lot of them did. And a lot of them took their own lives afterwards too. So it just depends on the brain. No, I'm not talking about circumstances. Circumstances may be very real. Like you may get, you know, become a paraplegic. You may get cancer. I mean, there's so many things that may happen, but I don't believe that circumstances cause depression. I think your choices do. I hmm. think the the lies that you choose to believe, and like you said, sometimes you can't control it. Right. Or it's you, not necessarily or maybe, a choice all the time. Or maybe you think you can't control it. Right. I'm actually starting to come to a, a place where I'm wondering how much of depression really truly is a choice. 
Hmm. Now, I think there are some people that are deep in it that they really can't control it anymore. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's taken over. But I don't believe that they are victims ever. I feel like everyone has a choice to get out of it, but it mm. may be extraordinarily hard for some much more than others. And because of the chemical changes, which by the way, I, I know that depression, yes. the more you believe yeah. something, the more your body will actually chemically change to adapt to that, which makes it that much harder to get out of it. Well, that is a bold statement. Cause I, I think that a lot of people would take exception to that. And so that, that's a, it's a, yeah. not necessarily, not that you're wrong. It's just that that's a very bold statement. See, but so. I'm somebody who has. Yeah. Because I went through a dark path sure. a long time ago. Yeah, you bet. And it was, you remember this mm-hmm. and you knew me at this time. Yeah. Horrible depression. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was ready to be done. Right. And I finally said, it was one of those moments where I said, I have a choice right now. I can either allow this to control me or I'm going to start fighting back. It's one or the other. Right. And I decided I don't like anything to control me. That's another reason I don't drink alcohol. I don't, I, I'm going to control this. I'm going to fight back. And it took a long time. It took years, but it was extreme active fighting constantly. And for the most part, I've overcome it. I mean, once in a while you have your moments, but sure. I don't deal with it at all like I used to. Good. But I chose to. And again, I think the deeper you're in, the harder it'll ever be. And probably the more you think, oh, it's never going to happen. I'm never going to get out of this. And like right. I said, your body changes chemically. There are chemical imbalances. I know that. So I'm not a counselor, so I can't, yeah, right. I can't say with authority that I'm right. I'm just saying this worked for me and I know others that it's worked for. Sure. But anyway, that's why I'm saying I, yeah. I, I think depression truly is caused by a lie because a circumstance is not a lie. A perception. But a, a perception yeah, of yeah. your circumstance can be a lie, which is what I think causes us to go into despair and depression. Yep. I, I so would, being... Yep. In Auschwitz, for example, horrible, horrible, like tr- beyond just, horrible. Yeah. Just ridiculous. Like really did that really happen? Yeah, that I know. Horrible. Yeah. yeah. And so, I know it did because my friend's great aunt was a survivor and came and I met her. It was, yeah. it was horrible. Yeah. But the point was, is that those who survived did not allow it to defeat them mentally. And that was the difference between those who died and those who, well, I mean, others were actually killed. Sure. Or put in, t- but I'm talking about I know what those. You mean. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, um, circumstances can be. Horrible. Mm-hmm. Whether you allow it to affect you or control you is the other question. But right. anyway, and again, what I'm saying may seem, oh, it's easier. Of course, it's a lot easier said than done. Of course it is. I know it. You know, anyway, I want to challenge people too, because I hear the way people talk that I know that struggle with depression. And I go, just by you saying that you're giving your depression more power. Whether you're dealing with it or not, you're you're saying it, which means you're manifesting it, which means you are creating more power for the depression. That I I agree 100. percent Yep, yep. That's Even true. though I know how easy it is to do that, right? Uh-huh. Sarah and I've had conversations where I just go off in this really dumb place. I'm a creative, right? So I, I'm all over the place. Creative artists, man, we're we're ridiculous. And non, I'll say, non-linear thinkers. Yeah, we're all. I mean, <laughs> see, that's like what Doc Doc Emmett Brown. You know, you're not thinking fourth dimensionally. I, that's what I do. I think fourth dimensionally. <laughs> So you do kind of go up and down a lot. You know, you deal with that. When you go down, it's like, Sarah's just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, I don't know, but I believe it. She's like, no, you really don't. And then later I'm like, yeah, no, I didn't believe that. Why did I say that? I don't know. Ah." Isn't the apparent almost like chronic suicidal tendencies of our, of our culture, you know, like overeating and not exercising, even though you know what's good for you. And we, all of us are, I mean, not, not all of us, but most of us are guilty of this in some regard, myself included. 
we know what's good for us. We know what the right thing to do is, but we continuously do the wrong thing over and over again. And it's like, we're not suicidal per se, but then why would you do this? The, the, what you know intellectually is bad for you over and over again, chronically, if you're not suicidal on some level. And it's just an interest. <laughs> it's an yeah. interesting. It's I true. think about this a lot. I'm like, what? You know, I'm not suicidal at all. I'm pretty, I'm, I'm usually a pretty level headed person and, yeah. and even keeled and happy. And, but I do things that I know are going to shorten my lifespan. Yeah. A lot. Is it because, <laughs> is it because it's the path of least resistance? Maybe, or there's, I think there's probably something deeper going on. So with every one of us that experiences that. So, yeah. you know, a friend of ours, Chris listens to the show. He said something and this is something you've heard. Like if you've ever read the Bible, it's, you know, they talk about taking thoughts captive and he had done a study about like how, what that really meant. And he said that taking thoughts captive is actually a learned trait. Like you are, you are trained by people to show you how to take thoughts captive. Like you can't just say, oh, I'm going to take a thought captive. And like, if you're not trained to do it, if you're not shown how you're going to probably fail at it. And so anyway, he was just, he was researching kind of what that whole thing meant and kind of like how it was trained and how it was taught and stuff like that. And I just thought it's kind of an interesting thing. I mean, you could apply it to anything, right? But you have a thought about something and you just go, Oh, well, I'm going to go down this horrible path. Or can I take that thought captive and like do the right thing with it? Hmm. And the question is, is how easy is that really to do? I'd say most of us fail constantly at it. Do we ever train at it? do we ever work at trying to continue to take thoughts captive? Mm -hmm. So I really like that. He said that it's a, you know, like an apprentice isn't going to do very well at it. You got to become a a journeyman or a master or whatever, you know, those, those levels are, but I thought that's that's a good point. Something to think about work towards that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, when you say take thoughts captive, what precisely do you mean by that? So you were talking about a bad thought comes into your mind. You know, you're at work the other day. You use that example mm-hmm. and you thought, oh, and you just had like a doomsday thought basically and went down that path. Right. Do you take that thought captive and say, this isn't true. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not even going to entertain it. I'm going to move on and I'm going to go back to where so it was. So you mean you take the, to, to take a thought captive, you car- compartmentalize it and see it for what it is and discard yep. it or, mm-hmm. okay. Exactly. Most of us can't do that very well. Or at least not all the time. Yeah. I'd say most of us just, it, it controls us. Or we, we go, oh, maybe there's truth to that. And then you just start entertaining it. Or we stick our heads in the sand, which yeah. is probably the most common thing people do. Yep. In my observation, which I'm not the most observant person in the world, but, <laughs> but when I do look at stuff like that, I think, you know, that we, we all can, and, and I use myself as the best example of that. You know, when something makes us uncomfortable, it's very human to stick your head in the sand, yep. metaphorically speaking, and ignore it. Yep. Uh, we, we do that as a, as a species chronically. So if you take your, negative thoughts or negative habits captive, analyze them, take yourself out of yourself. Maybe that would practicing doing that would maybe help with your, with your mental well-being. Yeah, I would, I would think so. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. That's the thing is if you have this to realize that your friends are not professionals, get help that is professional at dealing with this. You can't make your friends counselors and it doesn't work because they're not trained at it. Exactly. Um, like you say, this is they've had the experience that they can teach you how to, as you say, make your thoughts captive to come out of these with some counseling, mm-hmm. that sort of things. And there are chemical imbalances that maybe you need to see a doctor. And if it's chronic and 
I mean, if you feel your life may be threatened, get help. Oh, for sure. Immediately. Yeah. Don't put it off. I mean, I finally got to the point where my family actually came and said, John, you need to get help. We can't help you. Yeah. Because. <laughs> and did that, was that effective? It, it, it was. It uh, kind of shocked me into action. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So. Cool. And I agree. You know, in fact, I know a lot of people that have said, I literally, I've heard this from so many people. I will never see a counselor because we're strong men, women, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. Or seeing a counselor is a sign of weakness. Hmm. Or I don't <laughs> want to see one of those quacks, you know, because they're just shrinks and they don't know what they're talking about. Or I don't want to spend the money. Yeah, I yeah. Sp- that, that's, that's classic. Well, I don't have the money for that. Well, you don't have the money not to spend on that at this point. Like, yeah. <laughs> Check your insurance because I'm willing to bet. <laughs> quite a few will, yes. That if you are lucky enough to have health insurance, yeah. yes. yes. Honestly, anyone, in fact, uh, oh my gosh, I just, most people that I know have not seen counselors and they choose not to. And they've gone through traumatic life situations uh-huh. and they've chosen not to do it because they felt like they could deal with it on their own or they didn't need anyone or they were good, you know, or whatever, didn't have the money. I mean, you, you name it, fill yeah. in the excuse basically. And I can't tell you how many people years later have so many negative problems now. Huh. They yeah. don't realize that that's what caused it. That's what started it. And because they never worked through it, they've now developed fear, distrust, you know, anxiety, anxiety constant, yeah. constant issues now because they never worked through it. Mm. And I'm just like, dude, guys, like you're weak and stupid for not seeing a counselor. Let's be honest. Yeah. That's kind of a mean statement, but it's true. It's true. Like it's harsh, Brian, like be bold, be strong, see someone, but I mean, find someone good. There are some legitimately bad counselors out there too. So take this as an encouragement to, if if you, if you are even mildly dealing with issues like this to, if you can't stand your counselor, there's a yellow pages and who uses that anymore? <laughs> yellow pages. There's Google. They're there. Yeah. You're that's dating awesome. yourself, Johnny. I love the yellow pages. Well, that's awesome. That's still around, man. But take take like this that. as a as a catalyst to seeking a counselor out just just for someone yeah. to talk to. Oh, wait, exactly. So think of it as a mentor. Yeah. If you don't want to yeah, look at it another way, a mentor's good. Someone to someone to offload your problems with that doesn't really know you and does that for a living. Yeah. Well, like Johnny said, someone that's well-trained knows specifically how to deal with a lot of these things. And here's because the cool they part. see it a lot. They can offer you hope. Yeah, mm-hmm. really. They really truly can. So, I mean, to me, those who see counselors, I respect and admire those people. Mm-hmm. I view them as strong, healthy people because they're doing their part. They're trying. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're making they're, an effort. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So go for it. And by the way, if you can't afford it, there's always an option. There's always, I mean, like, like you said, insurance. Well, the insurance, I don't have insurance. Well, there are options. They will find ways to do stuff. I mean, it, it's possible. Let's put it that way. Yes. It's always possible. It is. All right. There's two more here. Number 14, they hurt when other people hurt. And this is interesting. In fact, I, I get this one too. Like, like a, like a, a hyper sense of empathy. Yes. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I can't and I watch, have this. I can't watch the news or I'll cry. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah when somebody so, else is going through something painful, see, you can't be around that because you'll absorb it. And see, I admire that. That's, I, I find that to be admirable. So I, in a healthy way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But for yeah. those who are dealing with this, but it's true, not you're healthy. right. That's yeah. right. I get that. So in many ways and Johnny, yeah. it is a superpower to be able to have that level of deep empathy 
But when you're not able to take care of yourself, then it's, it becomes a yeah. handicap. It's, yeah. it's a handicap. Yes, yeah. very much. Number 15 is they always think of the worst case scenarios. We've already talked about <laughs> that. So absolutely. So what these people are saying, if, if you or someone you care about is suffering from quote concealed depression, get help, offer a helping hand. Fighting this alone is not easy or productive. In fact, I would even, I would even argue that fighting this alone is, is not successful. Like mm-hmm. you'll probably fail. So this is where I'm saying the way for us to unleash our superheroes to start looking for these things, maybe confront somebody. And as we said, some of these may not actually have anything to do with depression in isolated scenarios. Like you said, you know, this gift of having this empathy is a good thing, but maybe it's not sometimes. Yeah. So being aware. And I think we need to get our heads out of our own butts and I don't care if we're busy. I don't care if, you know, we've had a quote long day as everybody. Oh my God. Every time I, I swear I hear this again, I'm going to punch someone. <laughs> How's your day? Oh, long day, dude. Who hasn't? Come on. Uh, I'll remember to put my guard up next time I say that to you. <laughs> well, but the thing is, is like everybody says it and, and I get it. Like I get it. it. It's nothing against anybody's day. I don't ever want to diminish anyone's of course emotions or feelings <laughs> or, you know, struggles they went through. I get that. But I think we need to get our heads out of our butts and say, you know, if somebody that we know is really dealing with something, I may not be able to do a lot, but let me do something. Let me acknowledge that. Let me say I'm here if you need it. I don't know what to do because I'm not a counselor. I'm not a licensed trained, whatever, but I'm going to be here just to listen. Yeah. Yeah. We've gone over this before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, how many times have we said this? So then of course we're probably preaching to the choir. I'm sure most people that listen to the show probably already do this, but everyone can use a reminder sometimes. Exactly. And it's good for us to, you know, influence and encourage others to do the same thing because nobody could or should go through any of this alone. Mm-hmm. And you probably wonder like, Oh my gosh, well, Robin Williams, he looks so happy on the outside. Well, was he alone? Did anybody even know about it? Or did he feel alone more like, cause he wasn't alone. True. But he might've felt that's more alone. than likely. But the question, did somebody say you're not, and we're going to get through this, right? Did somebody yeah. ever do that? You know? Yeah. Well, I wanted to bring it up and, and spider pan. Thanks for posting it on your Facebook page. One last thing I'm going to say, I'll post the article by the way on the show notes. But it's easy for us to go through these these 15 things and go, oh, maybe I have these. Don't do right. that. If you really truly do have them, then you have them. But don't manifest. Don't like pretend <laughs> you have them or right. if you don't. Be you careful don't. in that regard. Yeah. yeah, just be careful because I think people are, I think, almost trying to identify with it. And it's like, yeah. well, don't try to. You either do or you don't. I wouldn't identify this as yourself at all. I would say look for people around you with these all and keep it in the back of your mind that maybe I mean good call yeah yeah Yeah. don't internalize it at all yes yes thank you thank you that's the way to put it all right well there you go thanks for listening to our conversation on that I hope that was informative and helpful and encouraging in some way we're already at a long show but we've got to talk about this stuff from San Diego comic-con so maybe I'll I'll skip the music and stuff for next week because it can wait there's a lot of good stuff but dude Dude. 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 San Diego Comic Con. So many amazing, amazing announcements. Very excited about this. So I'm going to go through TV shows first and then we'll talk about some movies. So first of all, this is the one that I've been hearing about for a long time and very excited about. I am pumped. Star Trek Picard. Picard. Wow. Dude. dude. (laughs) Okay. We're totally nerding out. Whose cast (laughs) is Picard? Who do you think? Oh, it is John Patrick okay. Stewart. God, Patrick he's ancient. Stewart, exactly. Sir Patrick Stewart. That's why it works. Yeah, in I know. This case. 
For some reason, I thought it was going to be like a like a uh, like his life story or something like that. But it's, no, it's, it's twenty it's years later. Twenty years, wow. after, and he's no longer in the Federation. I believe. He's I think he's retired. Retired. Number yeah. one. Yeah. I order you to I take a number two. Number get one. Off so, my lawn, so, dirty Vulcan. <laughs> actually, be more like get out, get out of my vineyard. So he actually goes home. And I'm going to be very nerdy here. If you remember the episode called Brothers. No, this wasn't Brothers. It was called Home, wasn't it? Yeah. Now I'm really not a nerd anymore because I can't remember the name of the fail. (laughs) I think it was called Home. It was the episode after the Best of Both Worlds Part 2 Season 4. I know that much. This is sad. Anyway, I think it was called Home, but it's when Picard goes home after being liberated from the Borg to his family vineyard. To France. Yeah. And he now is living there. That's where he's at. You actually do see Chateau Picard, which is their wine somewhere in the trailer, by the way. I don't know entirely what the heck's going to be going on. We yeah, know it's in the future. The There's some girl that comes to him and finds him. And of course, we don't know anything about who this girl is, but they're just saying basically like, do you, you know knew, what she is? Blah, blah, yeah. blah. Do you know who she is? Yeah. She's important and we need to protect her and blah, blah, blah. And so it goes on this huge mission to protect her. We don't know who she is or what she is, but then you see something that indicates that she might have a relation to the Borg because you see a Borg cube hmm. in space and you're like, uh oh, maybe she's related. But then guess who shows up? Uh, Jonathan Frakes. Seven of nine. Oh, <laughs> from Star Trek Voyager. Who wow. Was a Borg. Yeah. She shows up. She's very human now. I mean, in, in personality. And I thought, oh, OK, so they are bringing the Borg into this somehow. Huh. And then. I don't know. At the very end, he's talking to either Data or B4 and Data or B4 responds. Interesting. And B4, by the way, for those of you who don't know Star Trek, B4 is Data's like brother, essentially android brother that never. And we're not talking about lore. Lore was the other brother. This is his like prototype brother that was never really realized because data and lore were more perfect. Well, this I think they, they found him in Star Trek Nemesis, which was the final film. And they did resurrect him. I don't know. I mean, I, so this could be before. I don't really know. But I was like, oh, this is so cool. But dude, Brent Spiner is he's up there and they made him up to look like, you know, a 30 year old data. again. Yeah. So really, really impressive. That's I mean, sweet. and by up there, I mean, he's not 30. So no, he's in his 60s, isn't he? I think oh, maybe older now. I'm not sure. Wow. That's a good question. I'm not. But what, what, where who's airing this show? CBS all access of course just like discovery yeah hopefully they uh, figure out their tiff with AT&T so all the direct TV people can actually watch it when it comes out do you know when it's coming out it said 2020 okay that's all it says next year yeah I'm I'm pumped man yeah I'm really excited I hope that they do a really good job with this all right moving on Star Trek Discovery speaking of Star Trek they give you a little bit of a first look at the 32nd century which was a spoiler to me because I haven't watched season two yet but it doesn't matter because that made me more excited to watch it Mm -hmm. so booyah and then another Star Trek this is kind of interesting they're doing a lot of Star Trek right now it's called Star Trek Lower Decks which they did an episode somewhere and I don't remember what I think it was the next generation it was called like deck 13 or something like that and it was like I don't know, a bunch of like the the lower crewmen, the ensigns and the lieutenant junior grades and just kind of getting a perspective from their side of things because all you ever got was the command crew's perspective. Huh. And so it's kind of like that, except it's a comedy. It's a 30-minute episode comedy. It is set in post, you know, next generation era. 
but it's just going to be a comedy of like what goes on in the lower decks and we're kind of the, the scum of the ship and you know, I just think it'll be actually hilarious. So I'm pretty pumped for that too. Totally different stuff is HBO's Watchmen series. So based on, yeah. the, it's a continuation of the Watchmen movie and it's actually just going to be a new series now. And I've never seen the entire movie all the way through. Yeah, I'm curious. And that's a fail also, Brian. I know. Uh, I know. But I'm curious about that one because the little bits of trailer that I've seen didn't appeal to me very much. Yeah, and I don't know where they're so, going. And the movie so. was fantastic. Yeah. So I'm really on the fence about Watchmen. But at least it's, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Now for those of us who have been watching the Arrowverse, Arrow, Flash, all of those are going to be having the Crisis on Infinite Earths that's happening this year, which kind of kind of wraps up the Arrow series because Arrow's ending this year. And uh, it's a trailer that is out for that if you want to check that out. Brandon Routh, by the way, who, uh, really cool guy. I got to meet him at one of the Heroes and Villains. He plays Adam slash Ray Palmer in, you know, Arrow and Flash and Legends of Tomorrow most recently. But he's actually going to play Superman in the Crisis of on Infinite Earths. And Brandon Routh was the Superman in Superman Returns that came out in 2006. So I thought that was kind of cool how they're doing a little fun thing to that. Titans did get renewed for season two. I love Titans. That was fantastic. And then Expanse season four was announced oh, for this December. That I'm excited yeah. about. And I still haven't seen season three. I haven't either. I'm because saving it's not that on VPN Netflix. Oh, I have season three <laughs> and I'm saving it for sci-fi November. All right. Yep, well, gotta wait. I can't wait to catch up. Yay. So. All right. Movies. Oh my gosh. So first of all, I was excited to hear about this. Then I watched the trailer and I'm like, I don't know what the heck's even going to happen with this, but Top Gun Maverick. Oh God. (laughs) I, I have very low expectations of Top Gun Maverick, but Top Gun was so huge back in 85 when it came out. 86. Yeah. And, uh, (laughs) man, so I, I I have to see it. Oh yeah. But I bro fest. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't, it's going to be maybe uh, fast and furious with planes. I don't, you know, I don't know though. What if they actually do a great continuation? We'll see. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, but you we'll know, be reviewing that one. Don't worry. I'm watching the trailer and I'm going, I don't really, there's not much to go off of. So I don't yeah. know, but it is funny. Cause you know, you say 86 and you know, we were kids and I remember when it came out, my friend Dan and I were, you know, you'd watch and be like, dude, this is amazing. So we'd make, you know, fake cockpits at home, you know, or sitting on the diving board because I lived in Phoenix, you know, at the time. We memorized the movie. All oh, the yeah. Lines. Yeah. And, you know, when you'd eject, you'd play the, the Maverick goose scene in the water because, you know, you'd be on the diving board. So you'd eject into the pool and, you know, one of us would have to die. And, you know, I mean, it's just I can't tell you how many times I listened to the soundtrack on cassette back in 86 and 87. Dude, this is still a really good soundtrack if you yeah. like 80s music. But yeah. anyway, really, really good times. I, I wanted to share that Dan's gone on to be a fighter pilot. And he was totally inspired by that movie. He used to fly F-16s. He's flying, I think, F-35s now. Hmm. And this was really cool because we've all been friends and actually just saw his his parents for the first time. They're friends, of course, with my parents. And first time in years, haven't seen them. And they were talking about that he actually flew F-35s to Israel to deliver F-35s to the Israeli Air Force and, you know, kind of like a relations with the U.S. and stuff like that. And, of course, F-35s are stealth fighters. So they fly in under the radar. Of course, everything, nobody knows about it except top, top government. He gets there. President. I don't know how to say his last name. Netanyahu. Netanyahu. Yeah. Bibi. Bibi. (laughs) Bibi. Benjamin. President's there to, to greet, you know, Dan and his other, you know, pilot crew. He's the prime minister. Yeah, sorry, Prime Minister. <laughs> Whatever. I don't even the, the top dude. He's he's a he's a top. He's yeah, the, he's the, the man. The president's yeah, the, man. the other guy. That's like Nibble or anyway. I don't know everybody's names. My point being, he got to you know do all that, and then he gets there. Well, 
going home, he has to fly home commercially. Oh, <laughs> and so he's going through, you know, their version of TSA and customs and all that. And their quote version of TSA agent is like, I have no record of you entering our country. Ah, and he's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm with this squadron and we delivered these planes and you know, you, you didn't know about us coming. Like you wouldn't have known only the top people knew. And the guy's like, yeah, right. You're just messing with me. And <laughs> so I guess it gets to the point where he's about to get arrested or something, you know, like, yeah, right. And then he goes, hold on. He pulls out a picture of him meeting with the prime minister with Netanyahu. And he's like, here's, here's me. And he's like, Oh, I saw you on the news. He goes, have a nice flight, sir. (laughs) That's so cool. So anyway, cool Cool stories, but it's neat. You know, when you start with a, you know, you're a kid, you watch top gun and now he's doing stuff like that. So anyway, I just, I had to pump that one up. All right. Lots of Marvel announcements. Interestingly though, 2020 and beyond not really seeing much happening for close to a year. I think Uh, there's a black widow movie, which we knew about the eternals. I don't know much about that at all new Dr. Strange movie, a new Thor. And yeah, isn't Natalie Portman in I that? And is she as Thor, that. female as Thor. Thor. That's and weird. I thought that what? is, that is from the comic books. Is okay. Okay. Female okay. took over and picked up Milner and became Thor. Okay. Interesting. So, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. Well, Natalie Portman. Maybe it'll be good. On. I like Yeah, her. exactly. Uh, there's a Mandarin movie coming out, which apparently is like, no, this is the real Mandarin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not the Iron Man three version. And then a bunch of big budget TV shows. So they're kind of doing them in tandem. You've got a movie coming out. You've got a big budget TV show. That's, of course, going to be part of the new you know, Disney streaming, which ugh, here we go again. Another thing to pay for. Right. There's going to be Falcon and Winter Soldier, Loki, WandaVision. I'm excited about Wanda, actually. I'm excited about Loki. Uh, yeah. I think there's there's more. There's a bunch of them coming out. So pretty interesting. And then I'm excited about this. Blade, X-Men, and the Fantastic Four are finally coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're the the new them. Marvel Cinematic yes. Universe. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like yeah. They're going to become part of the story now, which is I see. awesome. You guys will be excited about this. Dark Crystal Age of Resistance trailer. I'm cautiously excited about that. Yeah. That's another franchise that I don't want them to screw up. I've heard but heard this so many times in the past, though, and they've not pulled the trigger that I'm uh-huh. just like, yeah, but that's my whole rebuttal. Of that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but. but that's my yeah, but yeah. No, they said it's coming. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, well, the fact that they had a trailer for it means something's happening. Yeah, right. Exactly. Uh-huh. So this one I just thought was kind of cool. Terminator Dark Fate, you know, the new Terminator that's coming out. And everybody's like, oh, geez, here we go again. Another Terminator. So Terminator 1 and 2, amazing, right? Absolutely Classics. Amazing. Terminator 3, mm, mm. it was fun, but not great. Terminator Salvation, eh. I really liked it, but it was just different. And Genesis. Genesis had its own interesting aspects to it, but still fell flat. Well, you're looking at this new Terminator. James Cameron's back. Okay. I'm um, interested. Linda Hamilton is back. I'm played very the interested. Original now. Sarah okay. Connor. And get this. Edward Furlong is returning as John Connor. He played John Connor in Terminator 2. The teenager. Wow. Really? So they're bringing back these actors. James Cameron's back and they're trying to kind of like, I think... Make recapture it. <laughs> so we'll see. I have a lot more hopes for this oh, one. Low expectations, sounds, but more hopes. That sounds great. Yeah, dude. I can't wait to see what John Connor looks. He's like, dude, it's him. It's the, it's the kid. <laughs> they did From it T2. with two. They did it with Blade Runner. So maybe. They oh, could yeah. Yeah. Rescue some of these old movies and make is them good again. Blade Runner 2049 was bloody fantastic. And is Dennis Villeneuve in, involved in any of these ventures? I don't, I don't know. Okay. I haven't heard his name at all, but okay. So those are some of the main announcements that I, I mean, there I'm sure there's more that I totally either one don't know about or don't care about, but 
Uh, anyway, yeah. <laughs> there's, there's good more. list. That's a yeah. good list. I wanted to share one last thing and then we'll wrap up. But I mentioned last week that I was watching the social network about Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook. Mm-hmm. I finished it. And so I went and did some research to find out how true is it. Uh, and of course, it's, you know, not entirely true. There's a lot of liberties taken, but there's some truth still in it. But I wanted to point out two things that I thought were very interesting. One is in the movie, Mark said, Mark Zuckerberg, he said, I want Facebook to be cool. I don't want ads. I don't care if I make any money off this. I just want it to be cool. Huh? Huh? huh. You know, Facebook was cool I'm before it had ads and before it did all that stuff. It was actually really cool. It was a really, really cool thing. And then it started to get ads and it went public and blah, blah, blah. And now it's like, okay, you did exactly what you didn't want to do. Good old money. Too sad. <laughs> it's too sad because like Facebook today is not at all what it was intended to be from what I saw. And I don't miss it. No, I mean, I miss, I miss aspects of it, but I don't miss it. I miss the original social connection that Facebook was intended to have yeah. and yeah. did have. It yeah. was amazing for that. And you just don't have that anymore. So, right. I mean, I still use it because I don't want to lose contact with people, but right. it's not cool anymore. I can say that much. Well, you know what else we finished in the last couple of weeks is Stranger Things season three. Yeah. And you know, it's funny. I was going to talk about it, but I don't really have much more to say because yeah. anything I say said. will be a spoiler. Right. <laughs> so, right. So I liked it though. Yeah, I did too. I liked it. Yep. And, and I'm so glad that they teased a fourth season at the very end. What's so. interesting though, is that they did it in a way that could either, this was the last season yes. or we could have a fourth season. Yep, and they, I appreciated that. Yeah. They did it very, very uh, neutral. Yeah. So, but damn it, they got it. They got to do it again. They have to. Yeah. I hope so. So one of the thing that happened in social network was, and this was actually true. Sean Parker, who invented Napster was involved with Facebook. This was actually an interview outside of the movie. So this was a real interview. <laughs> You're going to love this. He said that Facebook grew by exploiting a vulnerability in human psychology with its greed for attention and the careful reward system it created to keep users addicted. Hmm. He goes on to say, and this is a direct full quote. We need to sort of give you a little dopamine hit every once in a while because someone liked or commented on a photo or a post or whatever. It's a social validation feedback loop a vulnerability in human psychology. Hmm. Makes sense. So we who use Facebook are slaves victims We're Facebook's. I can't say it. Yeah, it's it's our pimp. <laughs> I, I'm just saying. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, think on that. I, for I, have a so many, I have so many responses that I just can't say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it. I'm just like, I mean, again, it's like social connection is so beautiful, but I, I read this, that that was their intention. And I go, Oh my gosh. Like I've been taking their, their heroin and I'm now addicted and, and I'm going back so for good, more. I, I want their heroin. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, I can't have another hit. I'm going to own you guys. I don't, I don't want to be owned. It's free. Oh my gosh. It's free. Isn't that just, kind of piss you off no it pisses me off <laughs> doesn't it piss you off i just i given up on social media anyway so you know what actually i take it back <laughs> it kind of makes me want to party <laughs> there you go see you oh. controlled your thought yeah. you captured that <laughs> i'm no longer pissed and yeah turned I, it to your advantage you know what though i'm not addicted to social media thankfully it is not my pimp I should actually make a shirt. Facebook is not my pimp. I like that. Good show, guys. It was a great show. Thanks for yeah. joining us. All right. Well, we have a really important public service announcement right now that I would like to share with you. Deep thoughts with Captain Influence. If Belinda Carlisle is right and heaven is a place on earth, I'm pretty sure it was the bathroom at the airport last weekend. I really had to go. Well, that's all we've got for you. Thanks for joining us this week. 
And I'm going to tell you what. Tell ye what. Tell you what. It's time to get back in the... Ah, yes, this accent. No, no, I think, no, it's, uh, no. I think it's time to go. We need to spray lemon pledge all over our faces. We need to go eat lemon pledge tacos. Mm, tacos, lemon pledge. You still trying to get people to say Himalayan over Himalayan? I never tried that. Yes, you did. I did not. Yes, you did. I just told you how it's, it was pronounced in other That's countries. That's incorrect. Is your wife still trying to get people to say Himalayan? No, not actively. Really? Yeah. It's disappointing. We're not that pretentious. You know what the music means. Oh, yeah. Yanni Pistola, thanks for joining us. You're welcome. Or Thank you. Johnny's Pistols Hot. Oh, yes. yeah. With a W. <laughs> yeah, there you go. H-A-W-T. <laughs> thanks, Captain. Thank you. Good to have you guys here. All right, Always. Go over to realbryanshow.com. Links will be there. Show notes. All that good stuff. You have yourself a daggum good week. It's The Real Brian Show. We are signing off. The Real Brian Show is a production of 514 Media at 514mediaempire.com.